0: Listener Production.
1: I think it starts with having a real sense of curiosity and recognising that you as a person need to continually adapt and change in order for you to continue to be a great leader. So, the first thing that I encourage new leaders to do is ask people what they need from you and what is the best leadership style that gets the best results from them. It's also an important time to actually explain what you want, what your expectations are, so people are really clear about that.
0: Do you remember the first time you actually had to lead and manage people? The idea of organising and communicating with people who you're ultimately responsible for can be completely daunting at first. Learning the difference between telling and asking, delegating and influencing, and how to have the tough conversations is part of the journey, but it is really helpful if we can learn from others on how to lead and manage others. So To chat with me today on Fast Track about stepping up to people management and leading effectively is Kathleen McCutton. Kathleen is responsible for the global human resources and corporate communications across SEEK. The focus of her role is to create an environment for the people at SEEK to achieve the company's growth agenda and build on its unique and highly respected company culture. Her experience is broad And she has a Bachelor of Behavioural Science with a double major in psychology. She's worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers Consulting, IBM and more. Kathleen, welcome and thanks for joining me on Fast Track today. It's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So let's get into it. What are the qualities that define a great manager?
1: Well, the first thing I think I'll say is that managers, leaders come in all shapes and sizes I think that's important just to acknowledge. But if I was to describe some of the best leaders that I've seen in action and that I've experienced myself in working for, they probably have a few different qualities. And one of them is they have really good self awareness and really, and they're really curious people. So they're asking questions and they're inquiring and they're wanting, seeking to understand. Um, and they know what their strengths are and they know what the strengths of their teams are. I think the other thing I'd say is that. They tend to be strategic and able to hold the big picture, but also get into the detail when needed. So critical thinking, I think, is quite an important quality in a leader because you need to be able to break down problems quickly. There's often no script in terms of some of the things that teams may face in terms. So critical thinking is also important. I think the other thing I'd say about great leaders is knowing when to consult and how to consult and who with is really important but just as equally is knowing when to decide and move forward. Mm. And so getting that balance right can sometimes be quite tricky, particularly when you're leading diverse teams with, you know, diverse opinions and views, but being able to continue moving forward with momentum is really important in decision-making as a leader. And then lastly, but really importantly, is being good with people. So, you know, being good with team members, stakeholders and customers. And what does that mean? That means having empathy being able to communicate well and articulate your thoughts and ideas, but also being a really good listener. I think you need to be an organised person and you need to be able to engage team members and gain followership, recognising that people are different, so different things motivate them. And I think really importantly, is just showing human interest in the people who work for you as a leader is really important. Remembering that, yes, you're at work, you've got important stuff to do, with people first and foremost. So having that kind of humanistic warmth towards people and really wanting to get to know as a person I think really is important for a great leader.
0: What a great list and explanation about some of those key qualities and that define a great manager. It can feel a bit daunting when you have to balance out the task and the people management piece and I like that description. So what advice do you have for someone who is new to being a manager? or if it's the first time they've managed someone? So I find when people
1: are stepping into a leadership role, they often start with, oh, I don't have any experience. And I always correct them by saying, actually, you have an enormous amount of experience because you've been led before. So think about leaders that you've admired or some of the ways in which you've been led that's really worked for you. But also, conversely, think about some leaders you've experienced that well, it hasn't been a great experience. I think you can learn equally as much where, you know, a certain leadership style or approach hasn't worked. So I think that's the first thing just to, to remind people of. I think the other thing too is get to know your team members. So I think a lot of leaders start out and they feel like they've got to be the experts from day one. Often people who are being led, they want to help you and they want to be led well. So, the first thing that I encourage new leaders to do is ask people what they need from you and what is the best leadership style that gets the best results from them. It's also an important time in that kind of first getting to know your team to actually explain what you want, what your expectations are, so people are really clear about that. Mm. And then I think the other thing I'd say is just remember to focus on the three C's care for people, clarity around what is expected. And then the third one is around communication, being really clear, giving positive feedback, giving constructive feedback, and just remembering that that is something that you have to have your attention on, bringing people together both in a group environment, but also one-on-one with the people you lead.
0: They're really great tips for a first-time leader and actually someone who's been experienced at leadership and might need a bit of a reminder about what's important, I think. So I really love those. Stepping into a manager role often comes with what we call the difficult but necessary conversations. How can someone who is new to management approach these?
1: Look, I think it depends a little bit about what the conversation is about, but always it's important to be prepared. So think about what it is you want to achieve from the conversation and put yourself in the other person's shoes. So let's say it's a conversation about performance or some expectations that haven't been met. The first thing I think it's really important to do is seek to understand. So many times when managers actually ask what's going on for a person, they can get additional context which actually can reframe the way in which they think about you know, a deliverable or an outcome or the way somebody's behaved. So that's the first thing that I'd say is actually go into those conversations, both understanding what you want to convey, but seek to understand first. The other thing I'd say is be open-minded. So you might have a particular view or you formed an opinion, but just stay open to the fact that there might be some other information shared in that conversation, which could change your view. So don't be attached And then the other thing I think realise that for difficult conversations, sometimes you need to have conversations over a period of time as opposed to wanting to achieve an outcome and have a person agree with your perspective or arrive at a particular position in the one conversation. So sometimes, you know, the best outcome can be achieved by having a few different conversations rather than one conversation and expect it just to be
0: done and dusted. Mm, And learn how to have them, I'm hearing. You know, they're not something that you can avoid.
1: No, you can't avoid. So, you know, some of the things that we do at SEEK in some of our leadership programs is we get people to role play and actually practice having conversations out loud with other leaders about particular scenarios that they're facing and then get feedback and tips. Because I think the thing about being a leader is, often we're having to practice in the moment when we're a leader and that sometimes can feel quite daunting so if you've got opportunities to use others as a sounding board it might be your upline leader it might be peers then that's often a good way to actually get more confidence going into a difficult conversation.
0: So now that lockdown restrictions are lifting across the country, I mean, we'll have some stop starts there as you've experienced. How can a manager best support their people as we shift to hybrid working and return to the office? All my clients are talking about this at the moment. Mm. Now, it is the hot topic, isn't it?
1: Mm. I mean, the first thing that I would say is there is a lot of discussion. I'm sure everyone's hearing it. When you pick up the paper and every second day there's a, an article about it no one really knows how things are going to play out. All living people have not lived through a global pandemic. So there's a lot of espousing about how the future of work is never going to be the same and how, you know, people are going to work remotely. And I think we'll just have to see. I think there will definitely be some significant shifts, exactly how things play out. I think we need to stay open to. But when it comes to hybrid working, which typically for most organisations involves people working from home for some of the time, And people working in the office other times getting really clear on one what are the expectations of the team and and what's the right operating rhythm for the team what are the events or what are the meetings or what are the moments that matter in terms of the way that we work where we want to be together and where do we actually think it makes sense for people to be working from home and then how does that actually play out in terms of people's preferences So I know we experience Friday is often a day where people are wanting to complete work. They might want to, you know, head off for an early weekend. Friday tends to be a day where we typically don't have as many people in the office. So, you know, just recognising people's personal preferences is important as well. But I would just, if you're in a leadership role, I would really encourage framing a conversation amongst the team about, hey, let's talk about how we're going to work together what are our expectations around how often we're in the office? When should we be in the office? What is going to work for us? And then getting people to kind of commit to that, but then also be really open to testing and learning. Because like I said, we haven't a lot of us haven't done this before, or at least not with this level of flexibility. So just recognising that we're actually, we're going to need to be able to practise and learn and
0: course correct and make changes until we feel like we get it right. Kathleen, I'm curious too, how do we deal with people who might be hesitant about coming back to the office, if we're leading them? This is a, a real challenge. It is a real challenge. And I think
1: you know, in terms of how people are feeling, it's a spectrum in terms of you know how people are feeling about returning to the office. The first thing I'll say is, look, I work in an environment where we're very fortunate in that people can work from home in order to be able to perform their roles. There are a number of work environments where that's just not possible. They actually do need to be in their place of work. So if I just describe the environment at SEEK, we're a tech business, we at the moment are encouraging people to return when our offices are opening in a hybrid way. We're encouraging leaders and their teams to come together and describe what that's going to look like for their teams. But we're also saying if you are concerned about returning right now, we're not mandating it. Mm. I think that we'll see as we emerge from the pandemic, people's anxieties will start to uh, moderate um, because they'll start to feel like they're getting back to normal. And so we're taking a bit of a softly, softly approach. We're certainly wanting to make it easy for people to return, encouraging people to do it rather than, you know, having a
0: heavy handed approach, just recognising that people do all feel a little bit different. That's awesome. Thank you. So as a leader of a team, how do you stay close to the detailed work? You mentioned before being able to do strategy, but also being able to do detailed work. So how do you get the balance right in being across the detail whilst having a big picture view?
1: Mm, this is this is a good question, actually. And I see it's one of the most challenging things as a leader, because usually the way in which somebody is identified as having potential to perform a leadership role is because they're doing really awesome work. And so they might be really good at their job and they aspire to a leadership role or somebody identifies that they've got the qualities that could have them be a good leader, and suddenly they find themselves leading people where they're actually not doing the job. They're not doing the work themselves in the same hands-on way. Now, how do you actually remove yourself from that and play a different role? It has to be quite a conscious thing. So the first thing I'll say, it's not easy. So if people are experiencing as a new leader some challenges to that, just be aware it's normal. Again, having good self-awareness, recognising perhaps when your involvement and your intervention is actually not helpful for the team is really an important thing to notice. And then the other thing too is just be really open with the team and have have a conversation about the information you need as a leader and how that is best to come to you versus where some of the detail that the team are getting on and doing as part of their usual work you don't need to be across and you trust the team entirely and you want them to get on and act quickly and feel really empowered. Mm. So just recognising that as a leader, you are no longer expected to be a subject matter expert, hands-on person. You may still have a component of that in your job, but that's not why you're actually in a leadership role. You're leading others who do that.
0: I've got a question about how you continue to grow and develop as a leader. Now, As a facilitator of teams and leaders and leadership programs for the last 20 years, I've occasionally found a group of people who say, oh, no, we don't need to do self-development. We did that once. So there's no sense of it gaining momentum or a continual growth part. It's like a 101 course and we've done it and tick. And so I'm curious to talk to you about your thoughts about how you continue to grow and develop as a leader.
1: Look, the way that I view leadership for myself personally, and also what I observe in other leaders who I admire, they never stop learning. And in fact, part of their DNA is this intense curiosity, and they recognize that as human beings and as leaders, we're a work in progress. We never stop learning, and there's always more distinctions that we can get. There's always things that we're wanting to improve or change or bring into being. And so the first thing I say is mindset's really important. Mm. I think the other thing too that I'd say is in the 25 years that I've been a leader, you know, certain approaches in leadership earlier on in my career, which where leaders were, I think, had more hierarchical power, for example, that doesn't work anymore. Followership is not something which is automatically given. You actually have to win people over. And I think particularly for, you know, younger generation workers, they are questioning and they are challenging. And so I think what you need as a leader now is quite different than what it was many years ago. So I think it starts with having a real sense of curiosity and recognising that you as a person need to continually adapt and change in order for you to continue to be a great leader and listening to what your team say and Picking up cues and observing other leaders is a really good way to do it. And then obviously there's the role of formal education and learning as well. And, and that I think what's best there really is sort of dependent on the person's, you know, stage in terms of their own leadership development.
0: I had a fantastic mentor once who said, if you're not doing something once a year, you need to plan it, you need to put it in, and it needs to be part of your, you know, weekly, daily thought. Processes about your focus and their development plans, of course. But beyond that, what is it going to do to develop your professional self? So, yeah, this is so interesting. Kathleen, I'm sadly out of time, but I have in so enjoyed the way that you've been able to encapsulate these key points and for people who are stepping up to people leadership and for the sense of what's important, what to focus on and how to grow. I want to thank you so much for coming on Fast Track today.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's been terrific to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I've really enjoyed the chat.
0: Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley. Producer, Tina Matilov. Audio production by Nikki Sitch. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Listener.